Are you an Australian actor or actress inspiring to make it internationally? Could you benefit from a $25,000 scholarship? Then stick around and learn about a Carmel Duncan Scholarship. Welcome to Lottel in our series, Queer Conversation. Queer Conversation invites queer actors, community leaders, researchers, and trailblazers to join us to discuss their story. In this week's episode, we learn about the Carmen Duncan Scholarship, who invites Australian actors and actresses to apply for a $25,000 scholarship. Stay around and find out more. Welcome, Jessica and Emmanuel. I'm very happy to have you here at Queer Conversation. Jessica, just a, a quick intro. You are the director and CEO of the, the American Arts and Film and TV Academy. And Emmanuel, you are the winner of the 2022 <laughs> Carmen Duncan Scholarship. Before we um, jump or dive right into um, the Academy and the scholarship, which is a really great initiative that you're running. Um, let's find out a little bit about you, Jessica. Who are you? Um, uh, you I know How you're long Aussie. have you got you're... on the show? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> you, you, you are an Aussie. You moved to, to LA to follow your auntie's footstep. Tell us about, yeah, a little bit your background. Tell us about the Academy and what made you you know, do what you're doing now? Well, I was actually born to two actors in Australia. Um, so my aunt Carmen is one of the actresses. My mother is the other one. She was an Aussie homegrown actress who um, they actually met on a television show in the uh, 80s called Cop Shop, which was huge on Australian television. So I didn't really have a choice in becoming part of the arts because, you know, I mean, by the time I was one day old, I was on the front cover of Woman's Day. And by the time I was four, I was a working child actor. So this was kind of just who I was and what I was meant to be. I I think my love from America, though, was always something that was there. And it wasn't because, you know, I didn't think that we had talent in Australia or that what we produced wasn't fantastic because we really, really do. But I felt that we we didn't really have the means to support, um, I guess, big thinking initiatives. You know, Australia is still a very big, small town, even as a country. And, you know, there's a beautiful humbleness about that. But when you're, you know, I always say to people, I always had big dreams of changing the world for so many people. I, you know, and that's what every initiative I sort of start to create or, or even my businesses are around that. It's creating opportunities where people can get outside um, of their, you know, regular homes and follow their dreams, no matter how big and not have somebody tell them that that's not a possibility, you know? So when my aunt was building this incredible career in the U S and she was nominated for an Emmy and working on a huge daytime show here called another world, which was, you know, a very big show in the, in the eighties as well. Um, she made it possible. I looked to her and I thought, Oh my gosh, like you can, you can really do this. And I was, 12 when I first came and I think that was when I decided and I remember you know going home and putting an American flag up in my room I was like this is where I want to go and this is what I want to do and my mum being the homegrown Aussie um, you know was like oh I don't have any dreams to do that I just want to stay here and I love working in Australia and I'm a really country Aussie girl and I was like and I always looked at my aunt and I was like, well, I think I'm a little bit more like Annie Carr. I'm like, I want the big cities. I want the hustle. I want the bustle. I want the huge excitement for life. So um, I was 20 when I first moved over here after a long sort of career as a child actor. And um, 
to be honest, I made every mistake possible, (laughs) but I look at this like it was the blessing because it was through every mistake that I've made that I ended up creating uh, after to be able to help people otherwise, to be able people from Australia. I have students from New Zealand. I have students from across Europe. And essentially I was like, what do you actually need to know if you're not from LA? How can you actually immerse yourself in this culture? What are the guidelines to, you know, stepping into one of the most competitive industries in the world and looking at yourself like a business and an entrepreneur and most importantly, and something that's really, I'm really passionate about having a positive mindset and positive mental health throughout that process, because being a child of actors, that wasn't always the case, you know? And I think that was also potentially why LA and I had a love story because, you know, my crazy upbringing that I thought was just, you know, one in a million was not, wasn't part of a big community of, you know, kids that are born to, you know, famous parents here in LA and everyone's like, so I kind of found my tribe in that. So when I started after, which was now six years ago, um, I had a goal in mind, which was, you know, just to create a place that was, you know, transformative is the thing that I always talk about. You know, I believe that education should be transformational and not transactional. And so a place where people go to learn, they can grow as themselves, no matter who that is, where you come from, what that looks like, have a support network of people that are encouraging you to be authentically yourself, supporting you with your mental health, your business skills, your visas, your knowledge. Um, and so this became sort of our passion. And it was about three years ago now. Uh, wow. I, I can't even believe, it. I think it might even be, you know, heading on four that um, my aunt passed. Four. And um, yeah, it. she died of gynecological cancer and she'd been battling different cancers all her life. And I remember I was sitting on her deathbed as I was watching her pass away at those times. And I said to her that I, um, and I won't, I'm, I'm getting emotional as I say it, so I'm just going to breathe through it. But I remember telling her that I was going to um, start a scholarship in her name. And I remember her looking at me and just sort of, she was so touched. I don't think she knew what to do. And I said, I feel like there are women like us everywhere. There are people like us everywhere that, you know, feel that they have a bigger voice and a bigger journey and a bigger mission. And I would really like to lead that charge and create that platform for them in your name. And at the same time, supporting women in our industry, spreading, you know, education about gynecological cancer. And yeah, so that's kind of how the scholarship was born and how AFTER was born and essentially how how I was born. Um. One of the burning questions for me was if your aunt did know that you started it. And it's beautiful. What a gift to give her. And Emmanuel, we chatted before a little bit and you said you are an actress and um, a, a writer producer. In Australia right now, you yeah. won the scholarship. You have big plans to um, go over to the US um, possibly next year. Yeah. So give us a little bit of your background. Yeah, so I have been acting and being a creative person for as long as I know. Um, and I got my start in kids' television a little bit later th- than Jess in life, to be fair, um, working on an ABC Me show called Mustangs FC which was an absolute joy. Um, I did that from the time I was 15 to the time I was 18. And it was such a beautiful gift. Um, it was a show that was all about 
like girl power was about a women's soccer team. I grew up playing soccer. Um, so it was this beautiful thing of all these like loves of my life coming together. Um, and we finished that uh, at the end of 2019. And I was like, great, here we go, ready to take on the world. And uh, then lockdown happened, which, you know, we all have our experiences of that. And it's, we don't need to speak about it. It's been spoken about. Um, but I think what it did give me was a lot of uh, time for, for, for introspection and to really think about like what my voice was, what I wanted to say, what I cared about. And I think one of the big takeaways from that was a real genuine passion that I had for that audience that we had found that was predominantly young women, young people, and how important representation was to them, especially of, of powerful girls, of queer stories that all meant so much to me and and especially the normalization of those queer stories. So I was really lucky at the end of 2020 after Melbourne had done all of its lockdowns um, that the Melbourne Queer Film Festival and uh, Victorian government gave me a little grant to make a short film. Uh, and that short film was about two 13 year old girls falling in love over Zoom. Um, and it was a beautiful experience to make um, such a, such a like a gift and this real experience for me of, I think a work that like at once was really radical and just like not radical at all. I think that was the experience I got speaking to people about the film was going, oh, we never see stories about girls that young being in love. And it's, it's, it's not part of our cultural narrative, but it's beautiful and it's sensitive and, and that really spoke to me. So I, I guess now I'm, I'm still acting. I want to keep making. I write a lot. I'm writing some theater now. I'm doing a bit of everything. Um, and I'm just, I'm just, I'm just excited about it all, I guess. Can <laughs> we watch that short film? Is that available to download? Yeah, it is. Um, if you go into my Instagram bio, um, it's called The Odyssey. Um, my Instagram is just emmanuel.matana. Um, otherwise, if people Google The Odyssey, um, it's, it was part of a collection of shorts that were funded by the Vic government mm. and the Melbourne Queer Film Festival called Queer Lives in Isolation. So it was, it's, it's a beautiful suite. There are lots of different short films yeah. that speak to a sort of myriad of experiences in right. the queer community. Okay. Yeah. Now let's go back to the scholarship. Um, what I guess we, we like to find out for our audience is there is, uh, the scholarship has just opened now, um, the 2022 scholarship which will yes. be announced in 2023. Jessica, if you can run us through, what are the stages of the um, of the applications? What are you looking for? And in particular, I guess, because our audience being a queer audience, um, yeah. the, the importance of diversity and representation yeah. of the queer community. Yeah, 100%. So, um, I talk about this quite freely, actually, because I think when I uh, was coming out, you know, I'm in, I'm in my late 30s, I'm 30, 38. So when I was coming out at 18, which was 20 years ago, it was a very different time. And there wasn't, you know, I'm, I represent as bi and my girlfriend at the time and I had a relationship, but it was a very different sort of world. And so, you know, I think one of the reasons I'm so passionately involved in not just um, creating, you know, opportunities like this where the queer community, queer community can actually be represented but also creating work opportunities. I'm producing a queer play actually here in the US at the moment uh, with another one of my finalists that was in CDS several years ago and I think it's really important that we 
it's one thing to say that we represent, but it's another thing when it's actually people that have had experience in understanding the importance of actually seeing themselves represented. And I talk about that going back to my journey where I never really saw someone like myself when I was at that point. You know, there wasn't, it was just a different time and a different generation. And I think what I love so much about the industry right now is the, the way in which we're embracing people's authenticities and who they are and not feeling the need to label, but just feeling the need that people can represent as who they are and love who they are. So when I created the 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 um the Carmen Duncan scholarship I really wanted it to be a big push on diversity in every sense of the word so that meant the LGBTIQ community that also meant women that also meant you know race and not really being sure that this was about inclusion and the word of inclusion I really use very strongly because I believe that is not tokenism that's inclusion that's writing stories for the sake of the story, not necessarily because that we're queer or bi or things like that, which I think is a big stepping stone still to come. And so um, when we're even doing content, we're working with them so heavily on making sure that they stand out, making sure they have their voice, making sure they feel secure in who they are as artists and creatives going through all the processes. Um, There are three major processes. The first being just be you. I can't, I can't actually say that enough. You know, when you're, when you're, audi- when you're sending me that audition tape, be you, tell me you, tell me your journey, be vulnerable. I mean, I'm a big believer in vulnerability and I think the world needs a lot more of it so that we can have a lot more empathy and understanding for one another. And so, you know, sometimes I get people that want to sell me an idea and I'm less inclined, you know, I'm looking the judges and I, for that first round, we just want to get to know you. I mean, that's one of the reasons we fell in love with Emmanuel. You know, she was just, this is me, you know, I'm real. And this is what I got to offer. And, you know, there was no walls. There was no, um, you know, rehearsal of her words. It was just a candid chat. And I loved that. And then obviously she was incredibly talented to back that up. And that became one of the things that we look for. Um, And then in the second round, it's kind of like a transitional work process. So they get given signs from professional shows that are shot here in the US, because obviously we are a US school and we are looking at transitioning them to the US. Um, So, but then we actually work with them. We offer a number of free coaching sessions. So they don't just kind of get that script and have to kind of step into it, you know, because we really want to harness and help new talent understand what they're actually walking into. So it's not just a matter of here's the script, off you go. It's like, no, here's the script. How can we bring you to that role? How do we help you become the best version of yourself so you're shining when you're doing that script? And then we send that to our Australian judges because obviously it's an Australian uh, funded scholarship. We send it to them first and they're the first lot of judges that basically vote on the top 10. So we hit open call to hitting the top 20 and the top 20 go down to the top 10 and then the top 10 get to go again. So they go back to their material, they rework it again, and this time they take on the feedback from the Australian industry. So they're sort of getting an idea of how the Australian industry see them. Were they shining through in their tape? Did they bring something unique to it? Was that their, that authenticity that we saw in their first round that actually got them to that top 10 position? Was that continuing or was the pressure, I guess, of feedback and people's differences opinions which is a really big important part of this industry no matter where we come from and I think that teaching them about that is so inherent in how people grow you know it's how do we process 
constructive criticism? How do we learn? How do we take people's feedback and recognize it's just feedback? You know, it doesn't have to be taken on so personally or affect us or in some way shake us from our mission or our talent or who we are on that level. So um, we then sort of work them again and they tape again. And then those tapes get sent to our US judges who kind of are the final vote for our top three. I have to tell you a fun story about Emmanuel because it's actually fun. We had, well, because we, yeah, of course do you I know do. This story? Yeah, of course you do. It's not like a love hash shock. Okay. So we had such a story. an incredible talent pool. And because it was COVID and we were coming out of 2021 and all of that, we couldn't decide. So we ended up having a top 23 because we couldn't work it. And I actually remember she was the last person. I I said, of course you know this. She was the last person I'd spoken to. And I said to her, you're actually the 23rd person because we couldn't decide and we brought her in. So I think it's a real testament to show you that if you can really work hard when you're in the scholarship and take the advice that you're given and work with the coaches and recognize it's not there to throw you off your game, but it's there as an assistance. It's there to help you keep stepping into your place of power. And I feel like the more I've spoken to Emmanuel, she's spoken a lot about her confidence growing through us. Um, and just, you know, and then obviously, you know, seeing that that's what we're looking for. We want you to keep growing throughout the competitions because then we know you're ready because it's not, I kind of said this to everybody. I was talking about this today at a separate point, but I think as artists and creative, we get very fixated on being finished or being ready or being at this final dot, you know, end point. But I don't think we ever really are. So I said, it's the artists and the creatives that I see growth from or the ones that are excited by growth that I think end up doing better because they don't feel that pressure to be at a finished product ever, you know, because I don't know if we ever are as people or as artists and creatives. Like I'm like, are we ever done or can there always be more work? And I feel like that's in essence of what I want this scholarship to be. You know, you do this to keep growing, to keep learning and to keep bettering yourself. And if you actually have that belief system, I find like Emmanuel, this is the cream that rises to the top because they start thriving off learning and growing versus finding their results. And I think that's a beautiful growth mentality that, you know, I hope that we continue to grow in Australia specifically, you know, so... Yeah, this is a purely an acting, um, purely an acting uh, scholarship. This one is. There is. I have a separate program that I do with my production company, which is for writers and actors. So, Emmanuel, when you were going through those stages, um, how does that mm. work? Do they give you a script? What did you get? What What was yeah. yours? Yes. So, Jess sent me a script from a project that I don't think I can name because it's not out. But the character was like, so not me. When I tell you so not me, she was like sexually empowered and a bit of a flirt and like a hottie and like she had a nose piercing and some black eyeliner. Like, anyway, you know, um, and so it was like, as much as it's like, whatever phrase you used, I love, um, but it was a blessing. Like it was such a blessing having a scene like that because it was an opportunity to step into something that was completely outside of myself. And I think like Jess was saying, so much of it is confidence, but it's also the ability to like step into your power and your ability to take up space. I think there's a lot to be said about that as a as a woman more generally, but 
but also it's a cultural thing, right? Like the thing that I freak out a little bit about people in LA is they're so willing to tell you how great they are in Australia. We just undersell ourselves. I'm so self-deprecating as a human, like so, 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 so self-deprecating. It's the only way I know how to be funny. It's not. See, I'm self-deprecating again. But like, I think that's part of the journey and why this has been so great is it has been all about like taking those bold, brave risks, doing things that are like scary and different and just rising to it rather than shrinking. Makes that makes a lot of sense. So, Jessica, in and on the on on the other side now, from your point, so you're you're creating or giving the those young actresses and actors an opportunity um, to then go through or you know take the scholarship, which is twenty five thousand US dollars, and approximately that, yeah, when you get it all down. <laughs> yeah. So and that is not actual cash. That is actually um, tuition. Yes, so right? it's, it's it's mentorships, it's tuition, it's visa services. So we have like um, we're partnered with uh, Kate Rayner and Associates who give us five thousand worth of visa and immigration services for anyone that doesn't know that you know basically they help support you in packaging your visa and applying. And then obviously you know we we work with the government and separately, but visas are quite expensive. The lawyers' fees are usually the most expensive. I know I've done like four of them at this point. So these are some of the deals. They also have mentoring with me. So that they're setting up all the information in Emmanuel and I are going to start work on that now because she'll probably find herself here next year. So our goal is to then use the time she's at home, use these resources, podcasts, shows that she's worked on to help create her immigration package so that when she's here on the ground, you know, she's not necessarily worried about whatever that next step is. She's actually, you know, training and knowing that if an opportunity arises, she's going to be ready to take it, you know, because she's going to have all of that information with her visa together. The other thing that we do is we have, you know, headshots and resume, uh, you know, headshots and, and things like that to make sure she's got all up-to-date materials. Um, and then when she's on the ground here, we support her as well with, you know, additional sort of mentoring and things like that. So it's really quite a big process that we're involved with over that course of that time. And, you know, one of the things I think it's best to say is because it's an audition, it's like your first audition is just an open submission, if you can imagine it. And then you've got your, you get the audition. So you get the script making the top 20 is like getting the audition and getting the script. And then if you make top 10, it's like your callback, you know, and then finally who gets the role. So you really are kind of going through an authentic, you know, experience of auditioning of what it feels like in, you know, LA too, because we had something like 280 applicants, I think throughout Australia, which was huge last year. Um, so it's like, you know, it's just seeing it, it's, it's really giving them that understanding of all those processes. And we also meet with every single applicant to give them feedback, which is also unheard of. So I met with, you know, 270 people last year for half an hour to give them feedback on their audition, which people looked at me like I was insane, but I said, you know, I feel like that's where our industry could be better, not just in Australia, but in the US, because, you know, the arts, I understand that it's, you know, one person gets a job and everything. But, you know, I think when people are putting their hearts on their sleeve and they're and they're stepping up so much, and a lot of the times when they're doing their chats to camera and they're talking about who they are, they're really quite vulnerable and they share stories about, being women, being queer women, you know, being queer men. Like there's, I have a lot of stories too about obviously people that had, were touched by gynecological cancer, losing friends, losing family, loved ones. 
And, you know, when people are going outside of themselves to kind of really give you a piece of themselves, that the very least you can do is give them something back. So, you know, everyone gets something from CDS. Everyone learns something. This is great. And I wish you all the best with the 2022 scholarship. It will be interesting to see what applications you will get there. Thank you so much, uh, Jessica and Emmanuel, for joining us today and and sharing um, the initiative that um, with the uh, Carmen Duncan Scholarship. And again, congratulations, Emmanuel, for um, receiving the scholarship this year. For any Aussies that are in LA or going to be in LA this June that we are, I am producing an Australian play here called Dead Skin by a fellow queer girl called Lanika Den, who is incredible, um, who wrote it at 17. And this is the first US premiere. So if there's people out there or they've got friends in LA, tell them to come across because we're at Hollywood Fringe this year. And I'm very excited to be um, producing, you know, one of the first, um, you know, I guess queer teen shows here that was written you know so it's very exciting for Australians and very exciting for the queer community Thank you again for joining us at Queer Conversation today and all the best in your journey forward Enjoy Queer Conversation, make sure to follow us on all our social media platforms You can also check out our website lotl.com where you will find 30 years of Lottel magazine digitized My name is Silke Bader And thank you for your company.